Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Check, check. I'm in this. Check, check. Microphone one, two. What is this? Uh. Yo, we were down in Birmingham, Alabama this week, and we uh, definitely got some soul therapy getting to go to a church conference and hear from the prolific leaders all across the nation and be so inspired by what God was doing in and through them. And I, if you were here last week, I talked about how you, you know, the roads are just perfect. The landscape's amazing. It looks like a slice of heaven and it was everything to be true this time as well. You could eat off the floor. I mean, it's just incredible, but there was something that left me a little empty and you know what it was? I needed to get back to exactly where I was supposed to be. And as soon as I got back into Lansing, I remember driving down Pennsylvania and my heart just coming alive again. And though it was beautiful for them, it wasn't beautiful for me. And I could learn things, but I couldn't wear their particular clothing or their armor because that's not what God's called me to love. And he's called me to see things a little differently. And it was so cool because I'm sitting there driving down Pennsylvania, I'm getting ready to go down to Old Town. And I look up and they got that like tire shop uh, right by there. And it says vision at the top of it, vision tire, right? And it says tire. And then on the screen, it said, why? And why, just, can, I, can I just talk to you about a personal moment that I have with God for a moment? And then this why hit, I didn't even give you a chance to answer, so I was just going to do it anyways. Um, this why hit, and it hit me so big because it was why, vision, vision why. I remember just pausing. It was as if I was living a slow-mo movie and I just started seeing kids walking by themselves. I started seeing the homes that, you know, had red tags on them. I started seeing broken down places. And right there at the end of Pennsylvania, there's, you know, the popcorn shop. And there's a, it's interesting because if you, right before you turn like Old Grand River, take a left there if you're going down Pennsylvania where it dead ends. And, and there's this little glimpse of Shinola uh, on this ripped up wall this, where, you know, you can put up posters and different things. And it just says Shinola. And if you know what Shinola is, Shinola is this first world-class watch company. I mean, so awesome. In Detroit, I got to go there. Uh, Zach took me there and it was so incredible. The order, the pristine, it was just, wow, this is amazing. And, it, and down in the hood right there, I see Shinola ripped and it, it's like in the backdrop. And you know what was speaking to me? It was speaking to me, man, Shinola to God is the backdrop when people, it looks a little broken, but that's where God's love wants to go the most. And that's where we don't want to see the most. And God is so impressed and, 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 and his heart beats so deeply for those that are down and out, for those that feel different, for those that feel forgotten about. And I just remember that moment, man, my purpose on this earth for this particular season is to tell God's story of what he's doing in Lansing and not just Lansing of what he's doing in the Lugnut Stadium, because that's fine. That's fun. It's beautiful. The buildings, the colors, it's awesome. Did you see the new coffee shops coming in? Did you see the food? Man, we're finally getting some good food. No, I'm talking about the dead end street. I'm talking about like 50 medical marijuana clinics. I'm talking about that type of love that would just run to there. I'm talking about kids over half of African-American boys don't graduate high school in Lansing Eastern right here, right now. You know, Sexton, all these type of things. These schools are on the watch list for the state. Like that's the type of love that was stirring up in me. And I'm telling you, when you start to see things differently, you see that God makes no spare parts. He has a purpose for everything. And it can feel so overwhelming, but when you kind of connect to how he feels, you sense this deep peace in the midst of the craziest situations, no matter where you're at. And see, that takes place in any city. You could go to Eaton Rapids, Mason, and there's a hidden trailer park. Who sees them as ideal? The good news that we have today is this, 
that you could run a five-star corporation and God can give you radical purpose, but you could be in the midst of the slums and that God would find you and give you radical hope and purpose. That's the good news of the gospel. That's what we came and we united about today, today. So we talk about a good news church. That's what we have. It's what we possess. That's, that's how we breathe. That's what we feel. And in no way, shape or form do we find our identity in any of those situations. You ever walked into a room and felt a little different? Maybe for some, you felt different because of your race. Maybe for others, you felt different because you didn't have a lot. If I walk into a basketball game, I'm short. I feel a little different. You feel a little different growing up in a, a small white town named Jerome. You know, I, I looked at my sixth grade yearbook. It said Jerry. <laughs> I was like, I forgot about that. They were, trying to, they were trying to rewrite my story all the time. Haters. I don't know. My teachers would always ask me, no, no kidding though. They would always say, do you, do you want to go by Jerry or Jeremy? I remember thinking, I didn't know Jerry or Jeremy was short for Jerome. I've still, no one's ever told me that. The only uh, proof I have of that is Jerry Seinfeld. He, his name is Jerome Seinfeld. That's the only proof I have. Other than that, man, I, I've been Jerome my whole life and it's exciting. And um, you're you and that, that it's never going to change. And so if you're constantly trying to find out why you feel different, or if you're trying to find out how you can fit in, I got horrible news for you this morning. You'll never fit in and you'll never find the hope to fill that void. But if you today start to exchange your insecurities, your weaknesses, your shortcomings for identity in Jesus Christ that he gives freely, nothing we could do to earn it, then what you'll find is hope in any situation. I think today some people are going to get healed of abuse from the system. And I'm not just talking about the system of where you work or maybe the government. I'm talking about the system of you not wanting to be a part of a family anymore. You don't want to go to any family events anymore. And I'm not just talking about a, a get together. I'm talking about you don't even want to go to a small group in a church because you don't think anybody can give you hope anymore. Because you're starting to be defined by so much of what you're different, that that's became your identity. And we do this in Jesus. What we do is we say, well, no, no, here's who I am. I'm not a part of the body. I'm kind of over here. Hmm. Jesus finds every person across the whole globe and he gives them hope and dignity and significance. And that's what he's doing for us today. So I think today God's going to rewrite some stories of just how we see the body how we see this family. Last week, we talked about what it means to behold Jesus as the head and how shallow it would be to Jesus, you're so beautiful, but I just can't stand your people, right? It's, he loves his people. He loves you. He's putting up with you. He's putting up with me. And he so wants us to be connected because here's what happens when we connect. You know what happens? We learn. We start to learn we didn't know as much as we thought we knew. That setting that feels so difficult and tough it's almost like you, you're walking and you got a pebble in your shoe and you're, you're, you're so mad you got a pebble in your shoes. I don't ever happen to anybody and you feel like you got to take it off. And I try to have my shoes so I can slip them off. It's just a part of it because I feel like I get things in my shoes all the time. And then I slip them back on. I wear inserts because I had uh, plantar fasciitis at one point in my life. This is TMI moment. And when I get a rock in my shoe, here's what I do. Freak out. And I stop and I, anywhere I'm at, 
What about in those moments when God put the rock in your shoe to get your attention and the setting you're in and I'm in is actually used as a teacher so that we'll know Christ more. And all of those pain and those suffering, those disappointments and the differences you feel, what about if that was just God trying to lead you to his heartbeat because he knows you're so stubborn that you'll never get it any other way, shape or form by beside walking with the shoe and you, you, you keep thinking, why is the rock here again? Why is the rock here again? You know why the rock's there? Here's why the rock's there, because God's trying to get your attention. I really believe that. God is trying to get your attention today because you've built your whole platform on what you're not, not what you are. God is trying to set us free. And here's how he sets us free. Look, it's not about what we do. It's not even about our purpose. It's really about who we are. And who we are is defined by whose we are. You know, you walk with a sense of pride based upon your last name. Or maybe even a sense of, sense of shame if you don't like your last name. And it's built on the conditions of what that last name means. When we get adopted as sons and daughters into the kingdom of God, what happens is we are engrafted into this family that we never deserve to be in. We inherited all of the rights and privileges that heaven has. It's almost too good to be true, right? In fact, it is too good to be true. It is great. We inherit all of that. And we get the promises that come with that in Jesus Christ this morning. So we're going to look at 1 Corinthians 12. I'm going to be reading out the message. I'm going to look at verse 4 through 11. And I have a disclaimer on this. Watch out because if you focus on what body part you are, you may miss the whole reason of why you're in the body. I think sometimes what we find is, I want to see why I'm on this earth. That's why we go to seminars. If anyone's ever signed up for some juices that you sell that are still in your garage that you're mad at the person who signed you up for them because you thought you would get rich or Avon or the essential oils and you're mad. And what you're really mad at is the system didn't make you rich, but most of the time you didn't work. And so your upline's mad at you because you didn't call anybody. And then you're like, this is some uh, Ponzi scheme. I knew it was a pyramid scheme while we're eating McDonald's and they're making money off of us. I know it's a pyramid scheme. The whole world is a pyramid scheme, right? The whole world is. If we don't, we, we're always getting what we put into it. But in the kingdom of God, what we want to make it is a pyramid scheme. And here's how we do it. We say, here's the body part I am. Here's the purpose I have. And I don't want anything to do with you. And if you work and you somehow prove worthy to be in with my tier, then somehow now we can play together. And I know logically we're the body, but hey, brother, I really don't like anything about you. And so I want to lift up what seems to be higher. And sometimes what we think is that this platform or a microphone means that it's more important than you and just your prayers when you're sitting there, that you could be praying for somebody right now to have an encounter with the living God. And we share in the same reward. We share in the same reward today for the people checking in. And right now I walked back before uh, service real quick and I tried to, I don't know whose son it was, but somebody's kid was bawling hysterically. Don't worry, they were in good hands. And they were crying so bad. I just started beatboxing. I was like, God, please make them quit crying. I started beatboxing at work for a minute. I was thinking, all right, we're going to come. We're going to have this great worship experience. But they share in the exact same reward that's happening right here. How many people accepted Jesus Christ on Easter? They share in the same exact reward that's happening here. If we could only believe that, what we'd have is a lot more confidence in the body of Christ. Every dollar you've given, every prayer you've prayed, one day you will find out when the scrolls of all the rewards, when we're in heaven, just to see what we were a part of. It's crazy. 
to think eternally. We need more eternal perspective. So the disclaimer today is to not focus just on what your purpose is or your significance in the body of Christ. Today, I want to lead us to a greater point of why we have the giftings and why we have the benefits of the body of Christ. I think we're going to see it's because God was divinely assigning a new family so that we would know him more. It says God's various gifts are handed out everywhere, but they all originate in God's spirit. God's various ministries are carried out everywhere, but they all originate in God's spirit. God's various expressions of power are in action everywhere, but God himself is behind it all. I love this imagery. He's the master of the Wizard of Oz. He's the one orchestrating behind it all. Behind every good play is somebody who wrote the screenplay. Behind every good song is producers that slaved tons of hours and no one saw all the time they were going. Behind every great sports team is a whole bunch of people that filled a bunch of waters that nobody knew. And behind everything that you and me do, this is so good. God is the orchestrator, the originator, and he has given his body to benefit for his kingdom. Today, I pray that we grow in this in a mighty way. Each person is given something to do that shows who God is. And this is where we land so quick. All right, tell me what I got to do. What do I get? Where am I going to be? What's my purpose? What's my destiny? I want to go to that class. If we had a destiny, if I give you seven keys to unlock in your eternal purposes here on earth and to make a significant impact, you know, class gets filled up a little quick. What about if I give seven keys that you're going to have to endure a lot of pain and walk with a lot of rocks and it's going to be really annoying being in the body of Christ and who wants to sign up for that class? Hardly anybody, right? So we talk about the body so quick, but we have to stop and say, we live our lives complaining about the other parts of the body not understanding how God could make people differently. I remember someone told me that um, each kid you're gonna have to raise differently. And any parents in the room know this to be true. I remember being very mad about that because the first kid I just, Crystal and I, we had just gotten some good momentum. We had about two years under our belt and Jerome was very native to, I understood, wow, this is great. And then Justice came along and he was completely different. And then Giselle came along and she's still completely different. And then Kingston and Neo came along and they are a sitcom. If you ever, we don't charge, but just be sensitive that we have a lot of people at our house a lot. And you can come over any time and you can watch the twins in the sitcom adventure, throw, hit. And then, I mean, they got cousins stopping by, friends stopping by. They got, I mean, it is, it's like an adventure at the Veerling household. And I've had to learn the whole time how to parent differently and I've gotten frustrated, but what I've learned though is I've interacted with different personalities. I've learned deeper qualities of God. What about when you start eating different types of food? You start to realize, wow, man, Satan is a liar. There is other types of food. I grew up in a household where we uh, cooked meat and it took about uh, 20 minutes to chew it down. Anyone ever had that type of meat before? You didn't know meat could come that unseasoned once you have seasoned meat. I didn't know there was that low grade. I've never even found that low grade of meat. No offense to my parents. I love my parents. But there, we weren't, I remember one time eating at my dad's house a steak and he'd like the steak like that, he'd tell me. He'd just chew that thing and, you know, salt and pepper. That was it. And this is before Google. I didn't know there was garlic salt. <laughs> garlic salt is a miracle. It's a miracle. And then you start finding that there's other types of, there's cumin. This is incredible, right? There's jalapenos. What? 
right? You go to other countries, you start to see, wow, I didn't know that people could be gifted so differently. And what we find is the more we thought we knew, we actually don't know and the more we need to learn. That's what happens in this body thing. That's what happens in this community thing. That's what happens in this different gifting things. And it's really good and freeing this morning because to know that God is the author of the body and he's the author of all of our gifts, therefore that we can take our disappointments and our frustrations and the thing we're complaining about many times is what God desires and is most prized. And so we're fighting with God. We may not recognize this, but when we're talking about cultures a certain way, certain parts of the world without understanding, we just get one glimpse in, we get their worst moment, and then we think everybody's like that. I remember being in a Philly subway, and I mean, there's some dudes that looked super hard, okay? If you had just an ounce of wimp in you, you're gone. And I remember thinking, if you can't, this is code, this is street code, so if you don't know a little bit of street code, if they sense you're afraid, then you're in trouble. So I'm like, I can't move. I mean, we're here, you know? So I'm here, and I'm talking, and I start interacting with these kids. And I, was, I said, well, we got one shot. And uh, we, you know, we're down the subway, okay? And I give them a card. I said, hey, we're, we're part of this ministry, and we're helping out this church here. And, and just start talking to them and working through maybe that point of fear, right? Because this isn't my city. I don't know about it. I'm not here often. I don't know these kids. They look like they got a, a kind of strong movement. And next thing you know, two seconds later, wow, uh, thanks, man. Uh, maybe we'll come. I remember thinking, whoa, this is crazy. Then we get on the subway and the people that no one wanted to stand by, the ones that got a little bit of the weird look, we start talking. And next thing you know, the whole subway's listening to our conversation because in Philly, they're not like the South. Everybody's looking at you. With, they say brotherly love. I think it's brotherly thug. It's just like, I mean, it is so hardcore. It is so hardcore. It's Detroit, next level. You think Lansing people aren't saying hi to you. I mean, it was just next level. But the whole place was excited to listen to our conversation. And it just boosted the morale just because we started looking at the situation differently based upon how I originally saw it was, you know what? Well, that's what I found. I thought the subway was rough and tough because of movies. Where does every bad thing happen in an uh, inner city uh, you know, movie? It's a subway. It happens. It's just, you, the first thing you think, oh man, what's going on? I got to look over my shoulder. Man, Satan is a liar. He's been lying to you all the time about what a setting could be and should be and what a person could be and should be. There's all kinds of things that are handed out by the Spirit and all kinds of people. The, the variety is wonderful. Here's some of the gifts that we get. We get wise counsel, clear understanding, simple trust, healing the sick, miraculous acts, proclamation, distinguishing between spirits, tongues, interpretations of tongues. All these gifts have a common origin. And Paul, even in later chapters, he says without, uh, the next chapter rather, he says without love, all of these gifts are meaningless. And we understand that the head joins them all together. And we have a tendency to esteem one gift higher than another or even make something essential to be a part of something when there's only one essential thing to be a part of something in the body of Christ, that is, Jesus. And outside the body of Christ, you know what we say? <laughs> you can come, come home, Jesus, that's his, that's his message. Come, come on, um, come, come all, come, 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 come taste and see that the Lord is good. That's why he kept positioning himself with struggling people because he knew that they felt so different 
and so disappointed and so broken, and they didn't have the right background. I love in the book of Acts where it talks about you know, Peter and them sharing the gospel. And it says, who are these men? They're not even of wise speech. They're not scholared. They're not good at their craft. Even Paul was getting mocked by people sometimes. Look, he's not as gifted. And he says, look, I don't care what you may think is in my resume. In fact, my resume is prolific. He lists it out in Philippians. He's prolific, but he says, in all compared to Jesus, it is rubbish. Do we have that type of freedom today? That you would burn everything that you ever thought you did or could do every hope and desire that you could have, that every gifting would fall in line and submitted to the sovereign king, that it's all rubbish without him, that if he isn't breathing life into it, then it doesn't matter if we're proclaiming something. If God doesn't make it grow, if it's not benefiting him and his glory, you are made for his glory. That's your story. And it gives great purpose to your life. All these gifts have a common origin, but are handed out one by one by the one spirit of God. He decides who gets what and when. ESV says, as he wills. This is so awesome because there has been so much uh, division in the body of Christ. And maybe you, you, you know, you're coming to this place and you don't know Jesus at all, but just kind of, you can sit in on a family discussion real quick. So the body of Christ, we divide over the smallest things and we will think of new ways to create new sex, S-E-C-T. So little sectors that we can say what we're against and it's different and, and we'll find ourselves in all these different positions. And God is trying to just constantly bring us back together. N.T. Wright, a great theologian said, if he could come back today, Jesus being, or Apostle Paul could come back today, he would confront the Western church and he would say, I'm so concerned with your lack of unity. Isn't there not one God, one spirit? And yes, there's one God, one spirit. And so all of these giftings, no matter how you're gifted, what purposes you have, it's not just for your gain alone. It's not just for your benefit. It's not just for our own purposes. It's not even so that we could wear a banner and say, look at me, I'm a prophesier. Look at me, I'm an interpreter of tongues. It's look at us, we're in the body of Christ and look at what we can do. That's what's exciting. We share in each other's reward. And so today, there's so much freedom in knowing that God is in control of all of the gifts and that every gift comes as he wills. That's good news for somebody. You know why it's good news? Let me break it down a little bit. You've been trying to figure out your will and your purpose for so long. You've been saying, what does God want to do in my life? I don't understand how he wants to use me. Where does he want to shape and move me? If I could just know, God, if you just tell me, and I think he's already sometimes told us, just do what you're doing be who you are. I'm going to get my kids where they got to go. The Lord doesn't lose his own sheep. He knows how to orchestrate things for his grand finale. God knows what he's doing in your life. And that is so encouraging for me because I get ahead of the cart sometimes. I try to write the story. I try to say, hey God, um, okay, I read a little bit. Um, Okay, so here's what we're doing. Here's what we're doing. Here's how we're going to move. Here's where we're going to go. We find out in the body of Christ that your peace matters. And that's so liberating because you now have dignity and identity in Christ alone in specific roles that only God can give and only God could even take away. So I hope that makes you stand up a little bit and say, wow, okay, 
What is my position in Christ? How do I move and operate in this new body? In Acts 2, you see a response to what we talked about Easter Sunday. So beautiful, the resurrection, people come. Oh, Jesus, we love you. It's our best. You're amazing. He's alive. He's alive. He's alive. Well, you want to hear what happened after he was alive? A bunch of people started giving their life, going a bunch of places, and even got killed for the sake of the gospel because now it was not about what they had to do to get in. They recognized, wow, it's real. I just want to respond. And so too often in our lives, we work the equation backwards, and that's why we become legalists because... I'm trying to earn my way to get right with God. What does God want me to wear? How much Bible study does he want me to do? How much does he want me to read? It's, it's like the worst dating experience ever or marriage ever. It's like, here's what you have to do and then I'll love you. If we could understand the gospel today, then we would understand the body and we'd understand community and we would start to get free to see it how God sees it. Because our tendency, because we're fallen people, but we're redeemed in Christ, is to see it a little backwards. How do I have to get right? And God today is just breathing his spirit in such a way that you've been set free in Jesus. If you're in this place, man, and you don't know Christ, man, the worst thing you could ever do is just leave this place the same. I pray today that you will repent and turn from your sin and give God everything. Just found out a good brother went to the Lord. He was in his 50s and um, just, you know, heart attack, just quick the other day. And I was just reading, and I'm not sure if this is Steve Jobs' final words or if it was just some fake website, but last night reading his quote unquote, what was said to be his last words. And they were so deep. It was like listening to um, Solomon and Ecclesiastes. It was so humbling. It didn't matter what wealth you got, what position you have, what cars you, you know, it didn't matter. It's only about love and the relationships you have and the culture you build. And, and, and man, I'm like, man, if this, if this isn't jobs, this is just a good, good, good message regardless. You know, just sitting there late at night thinking, wow, life is deep. You guys still with me? Come on, if I tell your neighbor, he'd be like, you got great things for you. Touch your neighbor. And everyone's like, yeah, it's awesome. Hey, man, oh, man, life's hard. It's a little difficult. The body of Christ is, it gets a little somber, but this is truth. Helps free us of the nonsense. Check out in Acts 2. That day, about 3,000 took him at his word. We're baptized and we're signed up. Man, are you baptized? Next week, we're doing baptisms. Get baptized, sign up, go public. They committed themselves to the teaching of the apostles, the life together, the common meal, and the prayers. Everyone around was in awe. Everything is awesome. The word awesome, to be inspired or to be in awe. All of those wonders and signs done through the apostles and the believers lived in wonderful harmony, holding everything in common. They sold whatever they owned and pooled their resources so that each person's need was met. They followed a daily discipline of worship in the temple, followed by meals at home, every meal a celebration, exuberant and joyful, and they praised God. People in general liked what they saw. Every day their number grew as God added to those who were being saved. This passage has been so profound to my life, so profound today that we, we built a duplex several years ago with a family and we live right now with, and, the, and this isn't, I don't, you don't have to do this. This isn't your thing. So don't do this. It, it, it's not probably your plan, but this is our plan. We got five dudes from the church that live next door and our five kids on the other side. And it's just one big community. And I'll tell you what, we look crazy to people. They're like, oh, how many rooms do you have? You, gotta, oh, you just had another kid. You got to get extra rooms, right? And I'm like, wow. And here's the craziest part. It's not, I would expect that from somebody who doesn't know Jesus. It's always from somebody who knows Jesus. That's what blows my mind. 
I'm like, when we read the Bible, it is so, um, it gives up all of our rights and privileges. It doesn't care anymore. And I'll tell you, I need more of that. And so in a weird way, you know what the duplex has done for me? The duplex has reminded me of the beautiful home that I have that keeps me focused on what is most true, which is eternity. So it's not just about how I can build my own kingdom. And look, Lord knows we're going to find our own place soon. And those dudes could do their thing. And the duplex is going to do its thing. The Lord knows that he's got something in store for us. I believe that. And it's fine, but we're running our lane today. Because community is not something that we just take a la carte. It's something that's to be cultivated, fanned, and flamed. And the reason we don't cultivate it is because we've been hurt and disappointed, and we're always walking around why we feel different. And when we understand the gospel, we start to see we're not different anymore. By some, by chance, we're different by design, by his design his divine purposes. And then I believe that the apologetic for today's world, especially in our context, you know what people are longing to see? They're longing to see some people that aren't of this world. They don't care about possessions. They're longing to see people that are so filled with love and, and forgiveness that maybe God will start adding to the number of what he's doing in our congregations. If they would see the community, they would see the love, they would see the passion. Got a little video here. Uh, I was at, uh, we, when we stayed at that in Birmingham, the other, I don't know, the other uh, guys that came with us, they, and the ladies as well, they stayed in another hotel. And we had the place booked, so we got a different room. And so Jerome and I, we got to go to a different place. And I'm not sure how every, what everybody knew, how much upgraded our place was. So I didn't want to kind of like tell them, but our place was upgraded. And it had a mall connected to it. We went to Lego uh, store and just checked that. I shot a video when I walked into Lego store. I saw this cool thing in the wall. They had this, look at all these. These are all tiny Lego parts. Man, I feel so good right now. I can sing this song for Check hours. Out this. And I was like, wow. Those are so many different parts. And it looked so cool. And they were so displayed. And you can see, I took a picture of just a few of them. You got all the reds together here. You got these weird things that they don't, don't really seem like they have much of a purpose. Sometimes they're used for an antenna, maybe on a, a remote control. And sometimes they're used for maybe a laser on a gun, and then it's, yes, that's more significant. And then you got these pink ones, and all the pink ones get together and they hang out. And I, I need a few volunteers. Who's over 60 here? Anyone over 60 here? Got over 60? Come on. I need you two right here. Come here. Okay, we got, that's good. Embrace that age. Come on, give them, give them, give them, give them, give them five. Okay, I got anyone from 30 to 60? 30 to 60. 30 to 60. 30 to 60? Right there, one. I need one. I need one more. Okay, bow. I got that word. Okay, so I need uh, three more chairs. Hook me up. Um, so check this out. You guys, you guys are going to just sit right here. 60's new 40. I like that, Gene. You rock. They worship like they're 22. I'm telling you, you all should follow them and see. You should learn from them. Check this out. Okay, now I need, I need two people under 30. Two people under 30. What we got? We got one right here? Under 30. Whoa. Hey, under 30, let's go. Hey. Okay, check it out. <laughs> this is awesome. All right. Are you going to sit right here? Hey, sit down. It's not, that, it's not that crazy. All right, check it out. Hey, which Lego you want to be? Which Lego? Yeah, which one? Pink. You want to be pink? Okay, you guys are the pink ones. That's awesome. It's very cutting edge for the over 60s. Wouldn't you say? They know what they're doing. All right, so in life, 
you want to identify with people, and it is so important to meet people that look like you, talk like you, are from your background and age group. And so it's amazing. And you get together and you say, oh, we're over 60s. We're the pink ones. Pink, yeah. And we're like, yes, pink, 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 pink. That's what we do, right? Pink, pink, go, blue, red, white, green, white. That's what we do, right? We don't recognize. We do it. And then over here, we say, oh, yeah, what are you guys? You got two choices left. The youngest, they don't get that much choices. Or no, you're the youngest. So you guys, they should have got the next choice. What? You're red? Oh, we're the red ones. I found more red people. This is awesome. This is awesome. And then over here, you guys, last but not least, you're gray. But here's the thing. You got the little antenna on top, right? So we got the 30 to 60. We got the under to 30. And then we got the 60 and over. And here's what we do. I'm in Christ, but I only want to hang out in my own tier. I just want to stay in my bin. I don't want to build anything with anybody else. And so the first step is we actually start to find people that look and act like us. It's freeing. You've seen this happen. You've seen like some Christian Harley revival guys. You've seen some Christian rock revival guys. You've seen some Christian rapper revival people. What that is, is they start getting together and, oh man, God made other people like me. It's beautiful. It's homogenous. It's, it's God is pleased. But I think God starts to then say, what would it look like if we if you guys just real quickly actually turned in towards each other? What would it look like if we started to be in community with each other? And it seems such a silly illustration, but if you think about your life, don't you just want to stay in your own bin? And the only time you'll add to your own bin is when somebody looks and acts and thinks just like you. They have to be the pink ones. They have to be the red ones. And what we've said is, God, I know you're the origin of all the gifts, but I just don't want to hang around some of your gifts. You know what God has given us that is the greatest gift outside of salvation is each other. And when we come together, the thing says pick and build, and then we get to pick and build because we build together. And you see, there's this logo. It's just a City Life logo over it. It's just a small expression to say, man, the local church, not City Life, but the local church takes them all and starts to build with them all. And so if you hoped that it was just one particular persuasion, it will never be. But if you hoped that it would be a place where you could be different and still be distinctive, but yet be united in Christ, that's what was going on in Acts. That's what you saw taking place. Come on, give it up for our volunteers. Thank you so much. I have a burden to see generations play together. I have a burden to see the body of Christ care enough about each other that they seek to understand not to be understood. I pray that groups, they look like more of a student and a teacher in every person because we're learning and we're teaching each other. But I pray that ultimately we would be submitted to the headship of Christ. Ephesians 4.15 out of the message says, no prolonged infancy among us, please will not tolerate babes in the woods. Small children who are an easy mark for imposters. God wants us to grow up, to know the whole truth and to tell it in love, like Christ in everything. We take our lead from Christ, who is the source of everything we do. Hashtag, everything is awesome. He keeps us in step with each other. His very breath and blood flow through us, nourishing us so that we will grow up healthy in God robust in love. 
with God in us, our desires and our affections and our differences start to change and the gap doesn't feel so big anymore because the same blood is flowing through us and we start to actually learn that God has given us each other so that we will know him better. Jesus is the source of the connection to God and each other. And as we think that people will get us closer to God, don't ever be misled. A person will never be God to you. A person can only show you qualities that point to the beauty of Christ in all things. That Christ would be our source. He would be our hope. And he would even be the reason that we would want to be in community. We would not want to be in community to please some type of uh, pitch for the church and and to kind of honor the theme that we're connected. We're building something together. Even that could be hollow. Even that could be shallow. You could serve and you could help out in the schools. But if you don't know the gospel reason, you'll be doing it all in vain. You're loved because you're loved because of Jesus and you'll never add or take away from his finished work. It is finished, Jesus Christ. And so Acts 2, us holding everything in common, he becomes the center source of that. And I'll close with just a couple thoughts here that community, what it offers, it doesn't offer this vulnerability to be exposed. Um, What it does is it gives protection. A healthy marriage, they protect one another. They're different in roles and they're different in their, their serving of how they can serve each other. I remember early on, sometimes in our marriage, my wife would say, she'd say things like, which is probably too, I needed to work on this, but she says, Man, you're reminding me of my dad. Don't be my dad. And I probably wasn't, uh, no, okay, let me rephrase it. I was not good in my delivery all the time. And well, she would come up to me and say things like, well, I, uh, I want to, you know, we talk about, we're going to work out, stay fit, and let's try this. And She'd say, well, I want to run by myself. That's what I do. I say, well, man, it's not what you do now. You don't run by yourself. No way you're running by yourself. Well, yeah, that's what I do. No, pretty tiny girl run by themselves. Streets of Lansing. You're silly. What? I don't even think that's wisdom. I'm not even saying everybody's bad. I just think that's crazy. Like, well, who let you do that? Well, that's just what I do. I said, man, I don't know, but I love you. That ain't happening anymore. It would be a reoccurring theme. It sounds so silly, but... If anyone's been married, you guys fight about the silliest things. And then over time, uh, we finally had breakthrough. And she goes, all right, well, I'm not seeing this as discipline anymore. What I'm seeing it as protection. You love me. There's actually freedom in staying the course. There's freedom in knowing my boundaries. There's freedom in being exactly who you're called to be and that we share in each other's reward. And how we do that is we got to get to know each other. We got to get in relationship. We got to get in the body before we ever dare to think of all the things that we'll do and all the purposes we have and the exact giftings we have. I mean, if we're gifted, but outside of community and our love for one another, then man, what's the point? But when we're gifted in love for one another, wow, I think the world will wonder. Look at them, the Jesus followers. So it is not only a protection, it is a blessing from God. Will you be a part of the team again? Maybe as a kid, you weren't the person that was picked. But God is picking you and he's saying, hey, it could start as simple as just signing up at a table that we have life groups. And we have all ages, we have men's groups, we have couples, and they're going to be messy. And if you're going there thinking you're going to get every uh, question answered, you probably won't. But God will use it in a slow, small, strong, powerful way. 
You'll have to start new like any relationship. You'll have to believe in the family again. You'll have to start being vulnerable with each other so that God can speak through people and it won't always be perfect. In fact, it will reflect a lot like your life. Messy. And a lot like my life. But it's beautiful. We find this now as we surrender, I believe, this would be my um, synopsis this morning, is that when we surrender our lives to Christ, we've also surrendered our life to his family and to be in the body. And to not embrace that in a way that is cheerful, I think kind of mocks the story that he's rewriting that was undone all the way back in the Garden of Eden. God did not create us because he just needed people to talk to. God had community. It's the the triune God, the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit. I mean, mean, yeah, God the Holy Spirit. You got these three going on. It's the craziest mind-blowing mystery ever. So don't even try. It's going to take you 10 years to try to figure it out. You'll try to use triangles as an analogy, all these crazy things to try and you know, document what is God like? He's in community up there. And I think the bullet point says one, God is in community and, and he's fine. He's doing just fine. He was doing just fine before we came along and you and me, we use eight to 12% of our brains, some scientists say. So we want to figure out all the galaxies. I think we pause and awe. Wow, Jesus, you're in community. You created us in your likeness. And then he created that we would not be alone. Why? One person said it so profound lately. They said, you have been created in the image of God. And then God created others so that you would be in relationship like he has. You would experience the fullness of God in relationship. To know, to be known, to to find more of who God is. We find more of who God is the more we learn about what God's made. We see his people and how they act and interact. And we see his ability to to orchestrate cities and music and art and all these expressions. We see more of who Jesus is in a world that is trying so desperately to hide the origin of all the gifts. Let's pray. God, I pray in this room, um, there's a new freedom to believe again. There's a new freedom to trust again. That so many have been let down. There's even people that have went to gangs because they wanted to be accepted. They go out to clubs and parties because it's kind of like cheers or everybody knows their name, but I'll tell you what, it's not built on something that will last forever. And there's people that have been in Christ so long that the group thing never worked, the community thing never worked because I think maybe We just were hoping to find the same color Legos as us. And I pray today that we would just see our single Lego and some of us are overlooked and even beat down in society, that we would just take our life, our peace, to know our peace matters and just bring ourselves and come as we are to be in community, to have that common unity, not in our food, not in our sports teams and not about what we're against, but who we are in Jesus, our identity. God, I pray today that each generation would start to learn from each other further. The young generation would be heavy lifters. 
those that are necessarily maybe in their prime statistics would say they'd be heavy gifted to move and those that are finding themselves in grandparent stages would recognize the power of legacy the power of purpose and what it's like to just be present in the stability that you bring everybody feels better when grandma's around and grandma's cooking Jesus thank you for the body of Christ God I pray today that we would build something great together that we would drive through all different types of streets and not think about what we're against but start to say God how do you feel about this God how do you feel about that person but I pray the conversation first starts God how do you feel about me we can never fake the funk we can't fake anybody when it comes to you Jesus and today do a deep work in our hearts some soul therapy to let each person hear that they're loved that they have purpose that they matter in Jesus and outside of Christ, I pray that they would hear the call to say, come back home. You belong here. Jesus is awaiting to wrap his arms around you. If we would lose our lives, we find it. God, let that great exchange happen. And that power today. To hit the reset button, to believe again, to dream again. There's also a group of people here that they're just like, wow, I would never consider going and being in any type of group with any type of community. I pray you hear God's grace say, it's okay. You don't have to. If you're compelled at some point, amen. Feel that power from heaven today saying it's a journey, it's a marathon, and it's a process. Let it be fueled by love. Jesus, take our lives, continue to use them and build them. May we never see our lives as small and insignificant. We share in the reward what each one of us does. We do it together in you. We pray today, seal today, believe today through your power. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelancing.com. You belong here.